0: hello everybody today we are painting the sweeney todd theater if you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class we've got everything you need here at ArtProf critiques tutorials and professional development let's get started with some thumbnails and you can see i have my reference here i got to see sweeney todd when I was in New York City. And so what I actually did here is I looked up some of the set design images, because if you look at my reference photo, there's this whole section, which is the arch of the stage, but the photo I have is not good. And I'm gonna rely on some of these set design images to get, the brick pattern. There's also this walkway that goes across. And these set designs, they're done by Mimi Lien. And I just, I'm in so love with set design. It just blows me away what they're able to do. And so actually, what I'm working from are these videos that i took at the beginning of the show and what you can see here is at the beginning of the show before it started and people are just getting seated what they did okay there you go there's just this steam that comes off the theater And I just couldn't believe, I mean, look at the lighting on the people that's coming from the steam. And it's just this magical atmospheric moment. And to be honest, maybe I'll have other ideas for the show, but this is what really captivated me in terms of potential for a painting. And so you can see here, there's that walkway, there's some architectural elements, And so I was just transfixed by the atmosphere. And that's what I'm going to try to capture here. Who here has listened to Sweeney Todd? Who here has seen the musical? Who here maybe has seen it here and there, but doesn't know very much? Or who has no idea what I'm talking about? (laughs) Tell me what is your relationship with Sweeney Todd. I'm going to get started with some very fast thumbnails. Because you'd think the arch is the most important thing, but actually I'm seeing that. Actually, there's some three-point perspective in here. It's actually these angles and then the arch fits inside the angles yeah i didn't even realize this is stuff up at the top and there are these like golden pillars and i don't know if i want to put the people in maybe i need to And that's a sketch let's get the walkway in there so i definitely know that it's going to be pretty similar to the photo reference i feel okay doing that because it's my photo and number two i think about that when i take the photos i mean obviously most of the photos i take are not that good but i probably take 50 photos and maybe get two And so there are compositional decisions that happen when i'm taking the photo all right that's a quick one i'm going to try one that doesn't have the people no i just don't want to draw them (laughs) again because of scale you don't see the scale if there aren't any people there tell me in the chat who here thinks i should add the people Thinks I don't need them. So actually, this one I need to recrop. Let's crop it like here. Okay, so maybe I don't add. Yeah, I guess I take out this part of the stage. All right, that's another one. Maybe the next one, we see more of the left hand side. Because one of the reasons I picked this image is I really felt like there were different pockets of space. So the stage is in itself a space. There's a space with the people. And then there's this little spot back here That is underneath the balcony and then you have the balcony which is up here. And so let's see what happens if I give the left-hand side. Oh, maybe I'll crop the arch. Let's just see what that. I don't think I'm going to like that, but let's just do it anyway. And you know something? I do think I need the edge of the stage. I think I can't get rid of that. I think that's going to mess with the architecture, if I crop that. And then here I do need to indicate the balcony. It's a beautiful theater. The Lunt, Lunt, I don't know how to say it. Fontaine Theater in New York City. All right, so this sketch is more half and half. I feel like that's why I don't like it though, because it feels like this is just cutting everything in half. Let's try one where the arch is smaller, or I'm just putting it lower, I guess. Oh, I keep forgetting to put in this walkway. This walkway is really interesting, the way they use it in the show. It transforms into so many different things. Maybe I'll have a hint of the people. I don't like that there's so many people there, but I feel like I need something. I don't think I can get away with it. I mean, this is really cool where you have the people and you can see the lighting on their heads. So maybe that's something I want to keep. Yeah, let, let's make it a little lower. Okay, we're going to keep the people. I think. <laughs> stay. Change my mind in a minute. All right, so one two three, four. All right. Take a look at these four sketches and tell me which one you like better. I mean, they're very similar, again, because I already have the reference. I feel like I I like number four, the one that has more people. Yeah, I don't think I can get away. I, I don't like this one. Because I'm losing the edge of the stage. So let's eliminate that one. This one I don't like because it's sort of like split down the middle. And this one I don't like because I don't think there's enough people. All right, there we go. (laughs) The process of elimination for how to go about things. Okay, so what I'm going to do now, I'm going to do a quick value study. So I can see a little bit better what that's actually going to look like. I might add a little color, but this is pretty much black. I mean, in the final painting, I will want more details in the architecture, but at the very least, I want to get some of the colors down. This has this sort of yellow ochre, and this is a lighter. I guess up here, it's sort of dark brown. And at the top, getting some darker gray. And I guess the people are this mismash. I'm gonna just add some pockets of dark, like on this side, it's actually pretty dark. And then we'll have more scattered stuff down there. So the walkway does have a little bit more presence like this. And some patches of dark blue to emphasize that atmosphere. It's funny, you would have thought that it was a scene in the show, and there probably is one that I'm excited about, but this is the one I was like, this is it. I just wasn't expecting it. just soften up some of, and even these little tiny pole things, I'm going to put those in there. And let's make this a little bit softer. All right. That's going to be it. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. (laughs) Zoe says, I used to watch the Johnny Depp, Sweeney Todd, like every day. I've seen it. I honestly can't remember. It's been such a long time. Oh, Carolyn saw college productions movie with Angela Langsbury. I never saw it, but they played the ad on TV so much when I was a kid that I remember that clip of her singing as Mrs. Lovett. I mean, that's one of the things that I really like about the revival musicals is that there's a whole history to the original, all of the variations, there's been films, and I love that history. I, I think it's very different. I mean, of course, original musicals are great too, but I mean, Songheim, <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Seven Angelic says, Pie Song is my absolute favorite. I just listen to it all the time. I know the lyrics are so funny. She's talking about the worst meat pies in town, <laughs> it's not very good for advertising. <laughs> Oh, more three-point perspective with the side of the stage angle. Do you know something? I could probably exaggerate the three-point perspective. In fact, let's emphasize the ceiling a little bit more. I mean, this is just a quick sketch, but maybe I'll make it even more dramatic. So skew the three-point perspective even more. Because I want the emphasis to be here. This is going to be a lot... More blurry. Okay, maybe that shows the architecture a little bit better. And down here too. By the way, in case anybody missed it, I finally got a chance to do a three-point linear perspective video thanks to an amazing donor. So amazing that people support us in that way. So now our linear perspective collection is complete. Okay, so maybe that makes the three point perspective more visible. <laughs> Yeah, 7 Angelic says orange-blue combo has classic movie poster vibes too. Have you all noticed that blue and orange is the default movie poster color scheme? I feel like they do that a lot in the superhero movies. I don't know what it is about blue and orange. Yeah, you guys can look up five-point perspective. I'm not doing that for you. <laughs> Karen says saw Sondheim's Sunday in the park with George, National Theatre in London over 30 years ago, based on the Surat painting. I know, isn't that really fun when they have the artists from history in the musical? I mean, in Moulin Rouge, there's Toulouse Lutrec, who's actually a character in the show. Clementine says blue and orange is a popular combo to default to in general. I wonder if it's because people maybe avoid red and green because it feels like Christmas colors. Okay. I confess that I'm very rusty. I just... Maybe some of you can relate to this. I just haven't felt like doing anything. Painting-wise. I don't know. I think part of it is that horrific trip (laughs) that I had to the East Coast took a lot out of me. And so I think probably I'm just worn out from all that. All right, that looks pretty good. Now I need to sketch this onto the watercolor paper. And I'm telling myself that this is a warm-up. That this probably is not going to be the final painting. And to be honest, the reason I'm doing that is because I haven't painted in so long that it's just getting me a little worried. (laughs) Does anybody have that fear? It's like you haven't painted. And for me, it's been a while. That you, you just can't do it again, <laughs> which is really <laughs> All right, let's start with a lightish gray. And by the way, I'm using these water based Faber Castell Albrecht Dürer colored pencils. And you can see, I don't really sharpen them. I mean, sometimes I do if I'm doing something really detailed, but I do enjoy these blunt tips. Okay. Let's get everything set up. This is what I'm gonna tell myself. I'm gonna be loose. I'm gonna move. I'm going to draw big shapes. Does anybody else do this? You just feel out the lines just to get that physical motion in my arm before I actually start the painting. really, really light. I'm really trying to force myself to not get tight. And I want big shapes. But really, it's this line which actually this is not a great angle this line and this one actually I'm going to make that more severe it's actually more straight but I'm going to make it more angled so it's more dramatic And I do want, this is what I'm looking at. You can't see it very well, but there is a piece of the arch here, which I do think I need. Oh, okay, so this is like a very... I know you probably can't see the sketch very well, but actually what I think would be better and more helpful for you to learn from would be the physical movements of my arm. Because people often think drawing is all about making a nice, neat line, but you can see this is anything but nice and neat. All right, these angles are pretty important. So I'm looking, oh, you guys can't see it, but there's some lines here that go across. This is where I do really have to look carefully. I think it's this line. I gotta hang on to this one. I hope I get to the painting part. This is pretty complicated. I may actually crop this. I'm already feeling like this is too much space. So let's see. And these lines are not straight there's a slight tilt to them oh i really have to look at this closer it's so hard to see Let's get that arch really solid oh okay so this is more the edge. And this, again, I'm going to exaggerate the angle. It's hard because there's architecture here, but it's not super clear cut like a hallway. There's all these other elements that are in the piece. Tell me in the chat, what projects do you have going on right now? Do you have a project you're planning? Do you have a project like me that you've been putting off? (laughs) Honestly, I'm sorry to say that I feel like this is really lame. But I feel like the only reason I'm working on this is because it's a live stream. I had an idea I wanted to do it, but I just haven't gotten off my butt. And so the live streams are actually a very good excuse <laughs> to get me off my butt. These don't erase remotely as well as regular pencils, but it's enough to be able to get rid of. Just a couple spots. I really need that arch to work out well. It's this spot here that's sort of frustrating me right now. I gotta hold on. This corner is very important right here. I gotta really hang on to that. Again, trying not to get sucked into a tighter look and everything today is an approximation i'm not trying to nail anything it's not happening today it's this weird rectangular shape at the top it looks really random i might leave it out although Might be handy for the three-point perspective. Oh, this is way wider. Oh, geez. Okay, that comes out all the way over here. And actually this line, okay, maybe I won't crop it. are these two golden pillars i really do have to place those let's step back and look at it from a distance i feel like this tilt might be a little too much but let's evaluate I don't know, but I like making the angles more crooked. But then again, it might just go wrong, who knows. Let's just leave it in and if I decide to straighten it later, that's okay. Okay, and I'm going to line up. Okay, so the balcony is about where it starts to get very steamy here. I'm going to just trace that going across. This theater is very strange. The area underneath the balcony is very low ceilings. By the way, speaking of performances, what's the last live performance that you got to see? Because it's not that common expensive. I mean, there's that whole thing, I think it was with Ticketmaster, where getting a ticket to a show is like $600. It's like, what is this? Who are these people? (laughs) I can't put down $600 for a show. That's crazy to me. And then I suppose there's that whole Taylor Swift fiasco. I, I didn't follow it that much, but it sounded insane. And they were saying that a lot of people who are boomers, when they went to see shows, I think I read something about this one woman who saw Bruce Springsteen like 30 times. And she said the reason she could do it is because the tickets were like $25. It is actually manageable for people to do that. And it just isn't anymore. I I don't understand. Because there's nothing like a live performance. And I I hadn't really gone for a long time until I got obsessed with Aaron (laughs) Tveit and blame it on him. That's why my bank account is not what I'd like it to be. (laughs) But also, I'm like, it's a business expense. (laughs) All right, so there's a little I'm looking at these parts and I have close up photos of those, which is really nice. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get detailed at all with that spot, but it is nice to have it as a reference. I mean, I can't remember the last time I went to a rock concert. Oh no, I do. I took my kid to see Ringo Starr. Because she's really obsessed with the Beatles. Okay. And you know what was really cute? Is that the crowd was really old. (laughs) My kid was probably one of 10 people there who was under the age of 40. It was very cute. I really liked that. That really stood out. All right. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. Oh, right. Fox says most live performances I see are tiny, free, or almost free gigs from local bands. The Punk Bar, which is honestly always a blast. Yeah, you don't have to go to a big stadium concert. I mean, sometimes those small gigs are so much better because they are way more intimate. Oh, Kathy is doing a drawing based on the last live performance that I've seen. Would love to hear, Kathy, what performance that was. Manette says, only project I have is the art there. Gonna probably break for a couple days because the last one got intense. I know you've been working so hard, Manette. I've been following your progress in the Discord. Some stuff I want to make for some friends, also trying to focus on writing short stories. Ronan says, want to do a Hogwarts house series. Oh, fun. I told myself, that will continue the series, but it's been a year. I, I know. I I know what that's like. <laughs> Jane has started Inktober. Only got to get half finished for the dare with bling from September. Hope to finish that in the next week or so. Yeah, the archers are a really nice springboard. Even if you don't make the deadline, it's still something that can get you going on something. J.O. says, really helpful to watch you create thumbnails and crop, add color, and to hear the thought process. I hope so, because people are always telling me to make shorter videos. Oh, you should make them 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, but people need to see this. They need to see how tedious it can be. I mean, I know it's not very glamorous, but seeing how you go from this to this I think it's a pretty important educational moment, and not a lot of people show that. Manette's asking, what's the difference between acrylic ink and alcohol inks? I thought I'd picked up alcohol inks, but it turns out they're acrylic. I'm not sure the Michael's near me as alcohol inks. Okay, so these are acrylic inks, and they flow like inks when you're painting with them, but it's weird when they dry, they actually feel like acrylic if you touch. the surface is really bizarre these are water-based the biggest difference is the alcohol inks are not water-based so if you put water into them it's not going to do anything so what you can use instead though is isopurple alcohol that you can get at any pharmacy um that's how you can do that i happen to like these better just because i can mix them with acrylics i mean i suppose i could do the same thing with the alcohol inks, but I'm just more used to these. How big is the paper? This is 18 by 24. And it is a watercolor block. And I had some hesitation about jumping in because I felt so rusty. But I, I just, just jump in. <laughs> it's fine. I can always do another one. It's fine. Clementine says starting is my least favorite, actually Because so much relies on the foundation, so you need to make sure you get it at least mostly right before proceeding. Oh, I redraw things so many times. Very common. Okay, so Riot Fox. (laughs) No, don't make them shorter. I actually love watching the process. So many people don't properly show it, is the bits I actually learn from. Okay, good. So does Ike, long process are so much better than the short 10 minute videos. Oh, I know, I try to do a diverse range. We have the one minute shorts and we do have 20 minute long videos, but this is where it's at. This is in the trenches, seeing the whole process. angelic says only way i see big performances is if someone uploads it online or if it's a hometown production well there's a lot of bootleg broadway stuff out there and i i don't think it's right morally but also watch it (laughs) just because it's there (laughs) okay let's take i gotta step back You know, I I think I need more of an angle here because this is where the smoke starts to come out. I feel pretty good about the arch. I think that is okay. Yeah, I sort of obsess over the video length because YouTube has not been kind lately. Although what I am trying to do right now is to just overhaul all of our thumbnails. I think it has helped because our views are up a little bit, but I'm never happy. So, oh shoot, this angle is, yeah, this should be more like this. Okay, let's get rid of this other one up here. Shoot, it's ah uh, i think it's more here it's a lottery drawing and this is slow this process isn't something you can rush and actually i did a workshop yesterday on food illustration and somebody asked me in the workshop if they weren't drawing fast enough if they should be making more work. And I said no. There's no correct pace for drawing. On the other hand, though, I do think it's important within your practice, not talking about other people's to experiment with different pacing. So one thing I ask a lot of people just to try out not a permanent thing especially with figure drawing i say try drawing faster than is comfortable for you and you know something a lot of the times when we do that people realize oh my gosh the drawing is actually better when i draw faster I think that's pretty specific to figure drawing. I don't think that's the case with everything, but I do think with figure drawing, that is helpful to try. And If you hate it, you can do what you were doing before. So I'd like to hear about your pacing. Have you played with that? Have you thought about, oh, I'm drawing too slow, oh, I'm rushing. And have you experimented with a range of options there? Because I do think it is worth trying out a lot of different ways of working. I mean, I've discovered that when I paint this type of thing, I'm really slow, much slower than other things. I mean, I draw pretty fast. But the painting part, I I can't rush it, I have to draw so slow. I'm doing that right now, I'm really taking my sweet time at the moment. These two, what the heck is going on here? It's really hard to see, and I changed the brightness so that I could see things better, but it's still lacking a lot of information. And so that's where eventually I'll go to these photos of this. Oh, actually, this one, which is the one that, oh, look at this. So I found this photo, but it was flipped. And then when I flipped it, I was like, oh, my God, that's really close to the view that I have. That sort of never happens. (laughs) Most of the time, I'm collaging together this Frankenstein image okay and there is this I'm just going to briefly put in these horizontal lines because I really need it to show a little bit of a pattern And there are these speakers on top, but I'm not going to do that right now. Oh. All right, so this is a little wider. Oh, are these? Okay. I have a really nice photo of this part. It's this very twisty gold leaf thing. I'm not going to put that in right now, but I want to remember to put that in. There has to be a name for these things architecturally. I'm not really sure what that would be, but now I'm sort of curious what that would be called. Okay, and I guess for now with the people, what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to do patches of people. And I'm going to try to group them. Because there's actually this person here who is sort of a good landmark And so I'm going to look at the shape. Yeah, I guess I should draw at least the people in the front. I think I do need to draw individual heads. And then this person with the blonde hair at the bottom, they're pretty important. It's a pretty big shape. (laughs) Who here has had to draw a group of people? It's a pain in the butt. Especially this where oh gosh the shapes are so weird. Ugh, I really do have to follow this. But I'm gonna use the back seat. Like this this right here, that's a seat. And actually there's somebody like all the way over here. I remember when I was here at the theater I was taking photos in a mad rush before they opened the house. And guess what? Due to a really sweet security guard, I was able to draw in the lobby about an hour before the show and you'll get to see that at some point. Okay, that helps a little bit. Now, on this side, oh, you know, I should probably draw the people in front. I'm not going to draw all of them. There might actually be a bunch of people that I don't bother with. But the ones that I think have really distinctive shapes or help me define the negative space. Because I think some of these people in the front, they're not going to be that detailed. Although this person, you can see quite a bit. You can see their hair and there's a guy next to her. It'll be fun to see what I do with the people because I was thinking at first, well, this goes back to linear perspective that in linear perspective, no, atmospheric sorry, atmospheric perspective, the thing that's in the foreground in theory is supposed to be more contrasty, more detailed, but for me, this is the main event. So I'm not going to do a huge amount here. Yeah, this this person who's wearing a headband is pretty important. Okay. (laughs) Here, I think I just want to show, okay, there's a floor down there at the bottom. And there's like a black shape here. And then the people going back into the distance. Oh boy, that's not going to be fun. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to that part. (laughs) Okay, now let's take a step back. Look at the whole thing. Just some tweaks. Oh, I forgot to put in the walkway. Okay, that's very important. Oh, I hope I don't have to measure out the linear perspective. Such a pain in the ass. I'll have to look but there is an arch thing here there's like a second arch but because of the atmosphere you're not going to see that and there is this little bit of downward light i'm just going to indicate i think i made the walkway a little too big let's make it all right I'm looking at these little poles the top let's get those in there yeah there's this little bridge like structure back there. Oh, and I do want to look at the connection point here, where the bottom meets the stage. Okay, so the stage has multiple layers. One, two, three. (laughs) So let's get the top layer in first. and begin to indicate some of these lines. And I just draw straight through the people. It's such a pain to draw that around them. Okay, we're gonna correct this. I need this stage to be really solid or I'm gonna be in big trouble. By the way, has anybody listened to the soundtrack? I think they released it fairly recently. And Josh Groban's great, the guy that plays Sweeney Todd, but oh my gosh, Anna Leigh Ashford, who plays Mrs. Lovett, she totally stole the show. She was amazing. I mean, just the accent she had to master, it sounds really hard. And her physical performance, the way she moved across, it was so good. That that really surprised me because I didn't really know much about her before I saw her in Sweeney Todd, but she was incredible. I think for me the difference is that she was really acting. Josh Groban's an amazing singer, but I don't think he's as good of an actor as she is. I think she's really extraordinary. Okay, is that it? I'm a little afraid to get started. I hate this moment. Because actually, in the scheme of things, this is not the scary part. For me, the scary part is where you start doing the underpainting. It's like, oh, how do I start this? All right, so let's do an underpainting. And it's gonna be very blobby. It's not gonna look good, you guys. So if you want fireworks, uh uh-uh, not happening. Okay, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Looks like we have a super sticker here from Jane. We so appreciate your support. Keep those super chats coming. Guess what? They really add up over time. Yeah, I was messing with the reference photo in Photoshop. Probably what I need to do is go in again because I just fixed this on my phone. Photoshop can do a lot more. But yeah, I'm missing all that architecture. So probably I need to do more of that later. Clementine says, how are you doing three point perspective without drawing a vanishing point? I know there's a reference, but is there a technique or is it a practice thing? Okay, so technically, if I wanted to measure this out, I would, and my favorite way of doing it is I put a push pin at the vanishing point and I use a string that goes through. I'm not gonna bother with it right now because this is just a sketch and I'm gonna put all this paint over it. So we're sort of gonna lose that structure anyway. I think maybe after I've done the underpainting, then I think I'm probably gonna measure it out. But depending on the painting, I may not need to, because I don't know how prominent it's gonna be. Like sometimes I can get away with eyeballing it. And this one might be a case, but I'm not sure. I mean, the paranoid part of me (laughs) is like, you must measure, someone's gonna notice. (laughs) I probably will measure it because I get really uptight. But in the beginning, this is just an approximation. I don't need to do the measuring at this point. Anna says, became a much better artist when I slowed down a lot. Used to make 10 paintings a year. Now I make two a year, a few medium-sized ones and they are much better. I noticed for me when I paint, that really mattered to slow down. Drawing is the opposite. I like drawing really fast. Amanda's asking, ever used gold leaf i have not but i've had a lot of fun with rhinestones if you want to see somebody doing cool things with gold paint and other things go look at mia rosier's instagram account i don't think she has gold leaf but she's used a lot of really beautiful gold paints Maybe someone eating a meat pie or the flash of a blade. It's hard because there are certain images that are just so strongly associated. For Sweeney Todd, it's the razor. I mean, you can't get away from that. Which is why I don't really want to do that. I mean, first of all, I'm really hoping I can make prints of this. And so due to my Moulin Rouge trauma... And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my Instagram and click on the highlight that says UGG. I'm really trying to avoid anything that could directly get me in trouble. So no more text. (laughs) I mean, Sweeney Todd's a different thing than Moulin Rouge. Totally different entity. Ronan, if you want to hear about life as an adjunct professor, look up in YouTube, art prof, adjunct faculty. There's a whole stream about it. Oh, is that what it's called, Amanda? How do you pronounce that? Prosenium Arch? I love that. So Nick, if you wanna find out about the art dares, go to artproff.org, go to learn and create, under the menu, and then click on Art Dares, and you'll see all the information there. All right. I don't want to start. I I wish I could just be like, okay, the stream's over. But it's not very good because we called the stream an acrylic ink stream, and so I feel kind of dumb if I don't do that. Simple, simple. Okay do this. I really can. I really can start light. I'm going to assign warm and cool. So this is definitely cool. This is all warm. This is like magenta. This is like a yellow ochre down here. Oh, let's do this. I got a good idea. Let's make the stage cool. And let's make everything else warm except cool highlights on these people. Okay, good. That feels better. (laughs) Guys, I want to do it. I want to just end it here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, proscenium. Thank you for the correction. All right. So again, I'm going to go pretty light here. Let's get a color mixed for that. So if I want to do, you know, this might be enough. I might put a little touch of red in here. Oh my gosh, am I already out of this brown? I guess there's a little bit left. And I'm going to pump up the colors. I'm going to make them brighter than they actually are. By the way, if anybody here is wondering about acrylic inks, I really don't like these. The Daylor Rowney inks. Because I have a full set. Of the Sennelier abstract acrylic inks. I like these way more. This is a little runny. I felt like the pigment was not very strong. and So if you're going to buy inks. I would buy the Senneliers. It's just they're expensive. They're like $9 a bottle. Which makes me sad. The only reason I have so many. Is because the manufacturer gave them to me. Also their drop things suck. I don't know what they did. But the drop part. It's like barely functional. It's very annoying. And what I like to do is test out the mixtures because I never know what they're actually going to look like. Alright, so let's just see what this looks like straight. And I like to do a wash so I can see how dark that is. Let's add a little bit of red. I'm just curious if the red is going to be too intense. Because I I don't really want brown-brown. And what I might try doing, oh, that looks exactly the same. I might overdo the red, knowing that I can always paint it darker. Oh, that's better. Yeah, that's a slight difference. The red is a little bit more prominent. Let's do that. Again, underpainting not the final colors. (laughs) All right. So for this, this also makes me nervous, but I know I need to do it. Big brush. (laughs) I know, I know. I I, I need to do it. It's going to help me. It really is. (laughs) Again, I need to test Actually, I should probably mix a bigger chunk here. I think I need a little more red. The stupid droppers. It that doesn't freaking work. Let's see if that pumps up the red. Yeah, that's good but that's still too dark i do want to keep it light that's okay yeah that will be fine because ultimately that spot is going to get dark so it's okay for me to do it fairly light i know i can always go over it okay i feel better (laughs) that is better let's just get it in there (laughs) why is that first mark so stressful (laughs) i will never understand why that's the case but it just is so another thing i tell people to experiment with is brush size it's sort of like what we were talking earlier about pacing that I think oftentimes people's issues with painting and brush technique, it actually sometimes doesn't have a lot to do with you. A lot of times it's because you don't have the range of brushes that you need. So a lot of people tend to go for the small brushes because the small brushes will obey you. They'll do what you want. But the thing is, You need that spontaneity and I recommend to people, if you're struggling with your brushwork, use a brush that's too big for you, feels uncomfortably big, makes you nervous. And that really is transformative because whenever I've taught beginner painting classes, The biggest issue that i encounter is people not using big brushes and when you don't use big brushes you miss out on a lot the people i'm just gonna do like a maroon underpainting it's a little bit too dark I'm just gonna knock in. Stuff. This again, this is just a placeholder. What the heck is there like I feel like there's bubble? What what is all this crap in here? Something oh shoot, I didn't clean off the eraser bits. Oh, that's so annoying. Okay. And actually, even though I spent all this time sketching this stuff out, I'm actually going to just go all over it. Oh, shoot, I don't have a paper towel. Of course, all I have is a Kleenex. That's okay. Just do that. Okay, and up here, I'm going to switch to yellow ochre for this side. Let's mix up some yellow ochre. This yellow is absurdly bright, but I'll just tone it down with a lot of brown. Who here has used acrylic inks? And if you haven't used acrylic inks, have you used acrylic paint or what is your paint medium that you like the most? Let's try this. Oh, ew, that's gross. It's like baby poop. I think it needs a little bit of red. It should be a little warmer than that. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. I think this yellow is not great. I need a warmer yellow. Let's see if the red takes care of it. Because it's, it's verging on being an orange. <laughs> Hmm. It needs to be lighter. Let me just make this into a wash. I think that might be good enough. Or who here has used ink? If you've used ink, what type of ink? No crap everywhere. Up here, I'm just going to scrub in. Oh, shoot, got too excited. I <laughs> forgot everything. Okay, let's see what happens. Just blocking in the ceiling. So, this is where I, I really lose the pencil sketch, but you bring it back. And here, I just want to divide it up so we can see where those... What is that? Oh, was it proscenium mirror? Is that what it was? Or was it arch proscenium? Gosh, I do not know my architecture. Oh, and the ba- the balcony is actually quite dark, but I'm not going to do that yet. I'm going to stay nice and light. Staying light makes me feel better. I'm like I can always paint over it. It's fine. It's fine. And actually, because a lot of this is very bright, I think a lot of that will be an acrylic. I'm just too lazy to make it the lot of the page. Okay. Oh, I feel better now. <laughs> and this part of the bottom, I'm just going to let it dissolve. Into what's happening down here. We'll let that part look very blobby. Okay, so at the very least, that is showing me where things are about. A lot of work needs to go in to fix it, but I feel like at the very least I am sort of there. Maybe what I'll do for these long things, what are they? I don't know. Ugh, that's really gross. I think I need a little more red. I don't like this yellow. I need a yellow that's a little bit warmer. Oh, that's too dark. No, no. (laughs) That's better. Okay, So a slight indication of the yellow without actually making the yellow too dramatic. That's better. And then I'm gonna let some of this maroon bleed into what's happening up here and do more of a transition so there's a bit more of a wash spilling everywhere so right now i'm just going to loosen up okay fix the arch i feel like the arch got Oh, no, I guess there's like the smoke. I feel like it's too, needs to be a little more straight here. I don't know, I can always troubleshoot it later, but I just really want that angle to be a little more confident. By the way, who here does underpaintings? I don't always. But if you've seen our gouache video with Alex Rowe, he does a really beautiful underpainting that I like. And after I saw him do that, I was like, okay. (laughs) I think I'm on board for this. All right, so here I'm just getting rid of the white of the page. That's very important. I think a lot of times, It's easy to just forget to do that. So that is my number one priority when I start on this stuff is to say, get rid of the white of the paper. So I'm just dropping water into my brush so it has a better wash, a little more blended. And there are people here, but I'm just gonna paint some patches around them. Like, this is another area because of the highlights. I am going to want to do some acrylic down there. All right, time for that blue. Let's see what I want to be doing. And again, really, really light. I think this color. What was that? Oh, no, maybe it was this one. See, why is this called Violet Claire? This is not Violet. (laughs) It's totally blue. What the heck? Yeah, let's see. Look at that. Like, how is that Violet? No, 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 no. (laughs) What is up with you guys? see. Violet? I don't think so. Sennelier. It drives me crazy. I mean, that's why I'm pretty compulsive about these test sheets. Yeah, that's a pretty good color. I like that. I'm gonna make it really light. I might have a couple darker spots. But let's get it really washy. Squinting. Big shapes. Don't get sucked in. So actually I'm going to start with this arch. I might make that a little darker. Because that's going to be like black at some point. So the negative shape is sort of like this, let's get that darker. And this is going to all be bleeds eventually, but for now, it's going to be really blobby. So what I'm doing right now is I'm dipping my brush in with water and then using it to blend. Gosh, this stuff dries kind of fast. Yeah, so eventually I'll pump up the contrast and do all that stuff, but not right now. This I think I can get darker. This whole section is very dark eventually. So let's just really walk it in. And now I'm gonna really blend the edges. That's weird. This color's a little bit opaque. It's not as transparent as some of the other colors. That's strange. It behaves so differently because it's a touch more opaque. Like the yellow is super transparent. But this one not at all. Yeah, that's sort of annoying because when I go over the edges, it doesn't sink in. It just goes right on top. And again, here, the main priority is just to cover all the white. Okay, let's see what people are saying in the chat. Hamtaro says, can you use the same brush to paint with inks and then another day use it to paint with acrylics? I don't really recommend it. Here's an example. So I happen to like Sumi brushes, but you can use watercolor brushes. That's fine too. So these are very good for inks. These are terrible with acrylics because the bristles are so fine. It's just going to get all cooked up. So this I would not use with acrylic. Now these are acrylic brushes. They're pretty soft. They're way softer than the bristle brushes I use. So this is a bristle brush and it's very stiff. This I would use for oil. I mean, you could totally use it for acrylic as well, but I happen to like these softer ones for acrylic. Now these, you could totally put ink on these. These are fine, but they're really stiff. And so all the wash stuff that I did here would be really hard to do with these types of brushes. yes i was very sniffy (laughs) i was so much worse a week ago i was a mess that was a rough week (laughs) the problem is when you run your own business there's nobody there to back you up and so you're sort of trapped into doing the work anyway even though you feel like crap (laughs) cool i'm so jealous Inji says, I'm getting ready to paint on the beach in Mexico. Oh, how fun. Wish I could invite all to a meetup. I've never been to South America before. And I would just die to be able to go to South America. Because most of the traveling I've done has been in Europe and Asia. I really haven't been to that area of the world. It's so different. I mean, especially the museums. I can't imagine someday. Get my Clara's Art Adventures TV show on Netflix. (laughs) Maybe then I'll have the budget to go. And yes, you should all subscribe. That's my new YouTube channel. It's in the video description below. Amanda's asking, so does acrylic ink sit on top of the surface of the paper or does it sink into the surface? Mostly it sits on top. I imagine if you're using a paper that's super absorbent like printmaking paper, It probably won't do that as much i happen to like rough cold press watercolor paper simply for that reason because it does sit on the surface thank you so much zoe who says thank you for everything you do you always show the realest part of being an artist and we always appreciate it well i'm so glad you all learn something from my hot mess of process. <laughs> Hamtaro says, does a Pentel brush pen count? Oh yeah, you can totally use those. I use those all the time when I'm traveling. It's so nice when you have a brush pen you have to carry around a thing of water, really handy. J.O. says, just starting to use FW acrylic ink. My first acrylic ink, can't compare, but love some of the color mixes I get. I like it way better than drawing inks. The drawing inks that I've used in the past, like the Winsor & Newton ones, they're really wimpy. I feel like the color is not so good. Oh, thank you, Carolyn. (laughs) The proscenium is the arch separating the stage from the audience areas. Okay, it's time for me to... Get an architect on staff. <laughs> Thank you, Wandering Kathy. Courage, bigger paper, underpainting, onward. Yes! You guys are so kind to support us. It is such a big difference to us. And Doug says, acrylics tend to separate... Pretty easily, they'll separate by pigment density. Always shake thoroughly before dispensing. Is there some red pigment at the bottom of that violet bottle? I don't think so because I always make sure, especially these ones, like you can see there's opaque paint in here. If you look at the bottom, it's all white. So with the acrylic inks, I do find it very important for this type to do that. If you have yellow, this one's super transparent. This one, I don't really have to shake and actually i'm very curious about this it's called a thinner i wonder if it's sort of like oxgall fluid for watercolor i've never used it before but i might want to try it and i think there is a white one which i'm curious about as well i mean typically for white i tend to just use acrylics but maybe the acrylic inks would be more interesting (laughs) Inji says, this stage I like. The stage when you're finishing up the details frustrates me later. Details to me aren't frustrating to do, but they stress me out. And I get really picky. And it's hard to walk away. Because once you get into that, well for me, that compulsive state of finish, I just spend at least an hour that really doesn't matter i'm like nobody would ever see the difference from this hour to the next but it's like i can see it it bothers me does anybody else do that make things change things that you know nobody else is gonna see but it's like it's very dissatisfying to me because i feel like there's a couple rocks i didn't turn over and it's just frustrating so a lot of that is totally in my head but that's one of the reasons I find finishing a piece so difficult is that you just don't know when to walk away. And then there's always the issue where you pick at it so much that you end up killing the painting. And that can be really hard. Angela says, San Luis Potosi is beautiful. Oh, you guys are giving my my travel bug back. (laughs) I didn't think I was going to have it for a while because of oh, that East Coast trip was such a disaster. What a nightmare. But I did get to meet Yvette gonzalez Nasser and I did get to give her the painting. And that was like the best moment of my life after the days that my kids were born. Join our art school portfolios group in our Discord. It's for BFA and MFA applicants. We have critiques, voice sessions with staff. This is a great way to prepare your portfolio because you get to prepare it in a group. Instead of feeling like you're doing things totally by yourself, you can commiserate with other applicants, see their work. We're having so much fun in there. Take a look, it's in the YouTube video description below. You can sponsor a video. Help us create content for our community. The three-point linear perspective video was created because a sponsor from our community came forward and supported that video content. So, thank you so much for people who have sponsored. Please meet me in the Discord. I will be in the post live streams channel immediately after the stream. We can talk about all kinds of things, and I will also be posting an image of the progress of the painting. Art Prof services. We have artist calls, portfolio critiques, statement editing, and personal art curriculums. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.